In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today in the gospel, we see John the Baptist and how he acknowledges Jesus. He gives him two titles. He calls him the Son of God, and then he calls him the Lamp of God. He says, Behold the Lamp of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And then he says, That has been, I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. What do these two titles represent? What do these two titles mean? See, the Son of God alludes to Jesus being equal to the Father. It alludes to Jesus being our Lord. The Lamb of God shows that he is the one who's going to save us from our sins. He is the one who will be sacrificed for our sins. He is the one who takes away the sins of the world. If these two statements, my brothers and sisters, were not true, we are wasting our time here. There is no point of us being here today. See, our faith dictates how we live our lives. And if these two statements are not true, we are wasting our time trying to live a Christian lifestyle. If these statements are not true, we are wasting our time coming to church. We are wasting our time praying our rosaries. We are wasting our time going to adorations. If these statements are not true, I have wasted my life. But if these statements are true, Believing in them is the most important thing you can do, right? By virtue of us being here today, I think we all believe in the title Son of God, right? I think we all believe that Jesus is Lord. I don't think anybody here doubts that Jesus is Lord. I don't think anybody here doubts the Trinity, right? The unity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We might not understand it fully, and that's okay, Because how can a mere creature understand the mystery of the Trinity, right? We may not understand it, but we believe it. But the lamp of God might be a little bit different, right? Recognizing that Jesus is the lamp of God is recognizing what he did for us on that cross. Recognizing that he takes away the sins of the world. But it's not only recognizing who he is, it's also recognizing who we are in him. That's what St. John the Baptist does. He does not only recognize Jesus, but who he is in relation to Jesus. He says, after me comes a man who ranks before me, for he was before me. In saying, for he was before me, St. John is recognizing again the eternity of Christ. Recognizing that Jesus and God the Father are one. And once he recognizes that, he can recognize he is the Lamp of God. By recognizing who he was in relation to God, he is able to say, behold, this is the lamp of God. This is the Messiah. This is he who was promised to us to save us. He's here. You see, my brothers, it's nice to say that we believe what Jesus has done. But it means absolutely nothing if we don't recognize it and change our lives. If Jesus is who he says he is, If we believe not only that he is the Son of God, but also that he is the Lamp of God who takes away the sins of the world, our life should not be the same. Our life should be changed. When we encounter the living God, when we recognize who he is, we cannot be the same. And there are many of you here that have had that experience, have had that encounter 
of Christ, have experienced that love. And there is nothing I want more in this world for every single person in this church today to experience that love, to, ex to recognize who Jesus truly is, to allow Jesus to touch our hearts, to wipe away our sins, to forgive our sins, and to be part of our daily life. It is such a beautiful adventure, my brothers and sisters. Life makes so much more sense when Jesus is part of it. Life is so much more fun when Jesus is part of it. Believe me, I've lived without Jesus, and I've lived with Jesus, and I would prefer to live with Jesus every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It is the best thing you can do for yourself and for your family to allow the Lord to come into your life. And I know this may be hard to believe, right? It seems like everything we do, everything we like to do is sinful. All the pleasures of our lives are sinful. But believe me, believe me, my brothers and sisters, those things will not make you happy. There is no guy, there is no girl, there is no amount of money, there is no drug in this world that can give you the peace that he can give you. There is nothing in this world that can give you the happiness that Jesus is offering you. How do we receive this? How do we allow God to be part of our lives? It all starts in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the source, a summit of our faith because the Eucharist is the center of our worship every Sunday and it should be the center of our lives daily. We have to be a people living a Eucharistic lifestyle. We have to be a people coming here every Sunday receiving him in the Eucharist. We have to be a people comfortable on our knees with our hands lifted high, worshiping the living lamb in the Eucharist, in the most blessed sacrament. I can sit here and tell you the theology of the Eucharist, right? We can go through John 6, the bread of life discourse, what Jesus did on the Last Supper. I can sit here and tell you Eucharistic miracle after Eucharistic miracle. And there may be a time that I will do that, right? But they mean absolutely nothing if we know about the Eucharist, but we do not love him in the Eucharist. They say the longest distance in the world is between your mind and your heart. We need to go from here to here, my brothers and sisters, to experience that beauty, to experience that love that Jesus is willing to offer you. And how do we know if we have experienced that love? Because Abuna, I believe, like I'm here every Sunday. I pray. I do my rosaries. I help people. And I know you do. Like, believe me, this is not a chastisement. This is a call for greater things. Because God wants to do greater things in your life. How do we know if we have experienced that love? How do we know if Jesus is truly part of our lives? We look at the fruits. Have you ever met somebody that had a true encounter with God? And they start to change? Their life begins to look a little bit different. They, don't, they no longer do the things that they used to do. They are doing their best not to sin. And you would think that stopping do, stop doing the things that they enjoy doing, they would be miserable. And then we realize this is the happiest they've ever been. There is a before and an after when we encounter the Lord. Everything changes. Everything changes. When the word of God pierces our hearts, we leave everything behind and follow Jesus. 
This is the part where we let go of sin and follow him, right? Another fruit you will see in their lives is they need to tell everybody about the love that Jesus has given them, about the love that Jesus has showed them. They can't stop talking about him. They become that guy, right? They become that Jesus freak. They bring up Jesus in every conversation. You ever met those people? If they're annoying, it's you. I love you, but it's you. It's not them. Because they've experienced a love so profound, they can't hold it in. It's impossible to experience the love of God and not want to share it with the whole world. And we see this in the gospel today. When John the Baptist says, behold the lamp of God, it says two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. They left everything once they heard he is the lamp of God and followed him. What happened next? The reading says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. You follow Jesus. You go tell everyone you know, we have found the Messiah. This is the part where we tell all those around us what Jesus has done in our life. How he has changed us. How he has turned us away from a life of sin to a life of grace. That's the first thing Andrew does. And that's the progression. Those are the fruits. That we are changed and we want to tell the whole world about the love that we have experienced. And it won't be forced, my brothers and sisters. Because there is no way you can keep that joy just to yourself. We become new in Christ. Everything that we have done up until that point is forgiven. The past is forgotten. And the Lord wants to make you a new creation moving forward. He wants to give you a new identity. And he does this with Simon. When Simon has this encounter with Jesus, Jesus tells him, you are Simon the son of John, but you will be called Kephas. You will be called Peter. You will be called mine. You will be called an apostle. You will be called a fisher of men. You will be called the first pope. A new identity in Christ. The old has died. This is who Peter is now. And Jesus wants this for you, my brothers and sisters. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And I can sit here and repeat that, and it will be true every time I say it. I can stand here and say it over and over and over and over again until my face turns blue. But it means absolutely nothing if it doesn't go from here to here. What are some things we can do? What can we do to go from here to here? As we know, tomorrow is the start of Ba'utha, and I'm sure we're all thinking about how we're going to approach this land. And it's a beautiful thing that we're preparing to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. I'm going to challenge you to do something a little bit different. Sometime during the week, I want you to sit down and write down the sins that you struggle with the most. You don't have to share them with anybody. It's just you and the Lord, right? Take a look at that list. Take a look at those sins and ask yourself, are the pleasures of these sins more important to me than my relationship with God? Choose one. And if you decide to choose the Lord, have that conversation with him, right? Ask him to help you get rid of those sins. Come up with a plan on how to start getting rid of those sins. Don't do it all at once. 
Don't do every sin at once. Pick one and work on it. I'm not giving you a permission to pick one and then double down on the other sins, okay? Abuna's not saying go sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'll repeat it again if you want me to. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is to set yourself up for success. I don't want you to overwhelm yourself, right? Pick one, focus on it, and then move on to the next. I also want you to be gentle with yourself. A lot of us have built bad habits that are going to take a really long time to get rid of. Don't quit if you don't succeed at first, second, third, fourth try. It doesn't matter how many times it needs to be, to be done. It doesn't matter how many times we need to try it. Keep going. Keep going. Your relationship with Christ is so much more important. This will take time, especially with habitual sins, my brothers and sisters. But with enough time, with enough grace, we can find freedom from those sins. I also don't want this to be self-improvement exercise, right? Like, I don't want us to sit down, oh, I'm going to start going to the gym. Not going to the gym is not a sin. This is not about doing something exteriorly, right? This is not just about becoming a better me. In a sense, it is. But I'm talking spiritually, right? This is not to lose weight or to improve ourselves exteriorly. This is about cleansing our souls from the things that keep us away from the Lord. By definition, that's all sin is. It's a removal of grace. It's a removal of relationship with God. And I promise you, my brothers and sisters, I promise you, if you do your part, he will do his. And I want this so bad for you. I hope you know that all your priests pray for you daily. We want you to encounter Christ. The most beautiful thing to see in the world is when a soul experiences the love of God. To watch a person encounter the Lord and they are no longer the same. It is the most beautiful thing in the world to witness. For those who are trying, for those who are going to take on this challenge, know of my prayers. Know that I'm here for you if you need to talk, if you need any help, if you need guidance. And I ask that we keep each other in prayer as we strive to become the saints that he has called us to become. Amen.